Hi, my beautiful people. This is Spill With Me, Jenny D. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited. I've been wanting to do this for so long. I'm giving you a real big hug right now. I don't know if you can feel it, but I'm giving you this big hug because I feel like everybody needs a hug or a, hey, you're doing great or you look nice or just compliment each other. I mean, see, I felt like I needed to start this because I've been running into so many people that just want to talk about their life experiences, the relationships or like any story they needed to share. This could be something magical or something they wanted to share, but they're afraid of what others would think, me included. Or if you're hurting inside or have a funny story about life lessons you'd like to talk about, I would love for you to reach out. This could be the worst or your best times. Listen, I have some good topics. We're going to have a lot of fun because I believe the best medicine is to talk about it because someone else is dealing with the same shit. Hello, my beautiful people. It's another episode of Spill With Me, Jenny D. I am so excited for today. I'm like a little kid. At a kid. <laughs> I have this wonderful, inspiring woman oh. who has been in the Pittsburgh area. How many years have you been here? I've been in Pittsburgh since, well, it was 1999. So 1999. Wait. And literally, <laughs> uh, when it turned from 1999 to 2000, like that's the, the day that I started in Pittsburgh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Does anybody recognize this voice before <laughs> I say it? Is? I am using my TV voice, so maybe it is a little bit recognizable. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kim Gable. Kim Gable has been a news anchor for KDK, CBS, for 17 years at KDKA. Yep. 17 years, mm-hmm. yes. So today we're going to talk about what she's doing, what she's done, just a little bit about Kim and her story because she's got a lot to offer and a lot of different things that she has going on that maybe we can help. Yes. Okay, Kim. So tell our listeners, when did you come to the Pittsburgh area? Like, are you from the Pittsburgh area? I'm not from Everybody thinks I've been here uh, my whole life, and I feel like I have, I of feel course. Like you have too. But really, just across the river, about 45 minutes away from Peters in uh, Wheeling, West Virginia. So I was born and raised. My husband was born and raised in in Wheeling, and um, had a wonderful, absolutely wonderful childhood. Just a, a fa- fabulous city, I think, to, to raise a family. Right, and it's not that far from no. Pittsburgh. No, what do you say about 45 minutes. About 45 minutes from here in Peters, about an hour from from Pittsburgh itself. But we go back quite often. You know, we have family still there. Dad's still there. Oh, nice. Uh, so, so we go down uh, quite a bit. And, you know, we have a lot of friends still there and just uh, really, you know, grateful that we had such a wonderful upbringing in a great city like, like Wheeling. yes. Mm-hmm. And what, now tell us, did you go to school there? Did you go to college? I did. I actually went to uh, West Liberty University. Oh, okay. And they have a fabulous, fabulous communications department. I mean, even so back knew, in the 90s. You knew what you wanted to do. I, I had an idea. Yeah, I had an idea. But, uh, um, I was so impressed that they had really their TV department and their studio was on par with some of the smaller television stations, you know, where a lot of people start out. So, right. you know, for those of us who, who knew we wanted to pursue a, a path in, in television, it was just such a, an amazing college to be at. And there were professors and teachers there who were in the business and, and right. knew how to get us into the business. So uh, great university. That See, I didn't think about that. Now, when I went to school, I was looking for a smaller school as well. And I was looking for broadcasting, which journalism and broadcasting, Kim, are they like the same exact thing? Uh, they are. So we are all journalists. You know, I think right. w- whether you're a writer for a newspaper, whether you're on television as a broadcaster, I think, you know, we still use and I like to 
to use that broad term, that umbrella term of a journalist. So anybody who's on television, um, you know, doing the news or anybody who's writing the news, anybody who's podcasting. I mean, so now imagine all of those different jobs and industries that fall within the realm of journalism. So yes, we are journal- journalists. That's so yeah. true. And what you were saying about at college, when I was at Westminster College, which is a small yeah. school, and I was on the air my freshman year. Yeah, see? So you, you know, sometimes going to the bigger schools, yes, it's great, but you're not going to have those opportunities. Opportunity. Not when you're a freshman. Yeah. You know, and I remember doing my first broadcast on the college yeah. station <laughs> and, you know, all the professors, what everybody watches, it's a small community, right? right? And I remember one of my English professors, somebody that didn't even have anything to do with communications or broadcasting, called me in my dorm room and said, <laughs> this is what you're supposed to do. And I remember that moment, and I I still get emotional when I think about it, because it was a professor whom I respected very, very much. Wow. And I love, you know, writing, and I love grammar and vocabulary and things, and he was all about that, too. But when he said that to me, that's when it sort of stuck and solidified that, okay, this is probably a path that I should, if other people are recognizing it. It validated it. It does. It it actually gave you the confidence to say, you know what, I can do this. Yeah, that's a good way to characterize it. When somebody noticed, not only when you feel this is what I want to do, but when somebody else notices and brings it to your attention, um, that is validation. And I think that's really important. We should all do that for each other. Even today, after 30 years in the business, I still want people to do that for me and I make sure that I do that for others. Right. Because, you know, my biggest thing when I was at Westminster, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be on air or if I wanted to do, I actually, this is funny, you're going to laugh. I wanted to be a talk show host. So did I. Did you? Yeah. Let's start one. uh, (laughs) I was going to call my talk show show Good Day with Kimmy K because my maiden name was Kim Capasco and I thought it was the most novel idea and I was going to have all these people on um, but then I remember Oprah coming out in the 80s and I'm like darn it like she took my idea. She did. She did. I know. And you know what? It's funny because in my yearbook in high school I wrote I would like to be the next Oprah Winfrey. Mm And I want to show it to her to be like, Oprah, help me. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I'm a little older than you. No, so I, I remember I had the idea before Oprah came on. So that's when I, you know. Uh, if she's listening. <laughs> yes. If she, and she's, you know, she started as a journalist as well. She was in TV in her hometown. You know, journalism is, you know, public enlightenment, raising awareness, telling stories. Right. So there are so many people now, even like yourself as a podcaster, um, doing that. And right. so, you know, journalism is something that you know has expanded into so many different realms and there is more enlightenment and awareness and information out there now more than ever oh yeah um so we really you know i just want to soak it all in but it's it's, it's difficult you it know is. to be everywhere and do everything and listen and soak in everything so uh you know i try to do as, as much as i can yes and you're doing a great job thank you so when you got out of college mm-hmm. and you know you had that confidence okay i'm gonna go for this don't you feel like in our industry. It's hard to get that job. You're going to have to start from the bottom yes. and work your way up. And back then, that or was really the case. did you get the gold? No, ticket. no. I, I mean, I when you talk about starting at the bottom, um, <laughs> I actually got a job at the smallest market 
at that time in the United States of America, which was Zanesville, Ohio. Oh, really? So I worked, yeah, I worked in Zanesville, Ohio for nine months. And back then it was, uh, if you remember market sizes back when we were in college yes. and we all, yeah, that book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and, that, and that's how, that's how it worked back then. We would look in this book because there was no internet when I right. first started. And we would look in this book and see, you know, cause our college professor says, you're not going to start somewhere like Chicago or LA or whatever. Right. And, Forget about it. Um, so I wanted to be close to home and I looked and I'm like, okay, I'll send a tape to Clarksburg, to Erie, to right. Zanesville, Ohio, to um, Parkersburg, you know, all these small, Wheeling, which is my hometown. Right. But back then you, you didn't even start out in, in Wheeling, which I think was like market 135 at the time. But I started out market 200 and there were only 200 markets in the United States, <laughs> but I started out as an anchor. So that was great. Yeah. So I did get an anchor job there. I anchored the morning and noon news for nine months and then get a job in my hometown. So that's amazing. Yeah. You know, I feel like when you are looking for a job and you first come out of college and you're like, I really want to do what I want to do. But sometimes you do have to get on that ladder and just, I was at, my first job was at uh, Wixie Wixie 1360. It was an AM radio station. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. (laughs) I love that. You are going to, you're going to laugh, Kim. So when I went for the interview, it was, I was sitting with this guy and he was telling me what experience. I'm like, oh, well, I just have my college experience here. He goes, well, why don't you you know, come aboard the radio station and you can do some of the um, announcing and things. And I said, okay, great. It was country. That was oh, the okay. right? I'm Wixie, like, oh, I get yeah. <laughs> I like country. The day I started, it changed to sports. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, the backyard brawl. I had to read from the newspaper. I had oh, no idea gosh, what I was yeah. doing. <laughs> but when you get thrown into those situations, <laughs> now, has this happened to you? Or you it just, has, yeah. Where you're like, oh, wait, I don't have the knowledge. I don't, I don't have the expertise of this right. genre or this format. And there, there is growth that comes from that. But right. I'll tell you, while you're in it and while you're thinking about, I mean, the anxiety and the fear and all of those things that we had to deal with, yeah. And when you're thrown into something that is way outside your comfort zone or even more outside your knowledge zone, right? Right. I mean, not only do are you, you know, uncomfortable, but you also don't know the material. Yeah. <laughs> you have to wing it. Right, right. I'd be, you know, I'd call my boyfriend or something and be like, tell me, you know, tell me what's going on in the sports world today. Um, I did the oh, same thing. so funny. So, you know, I think a lot of people have that perception like, oh, you're a news anchor, you know, it's so easy, it comes so easy to you. But when you first started out, what was your hardest, like standing in front of there, reading the teleprompter, Mm -hmm. because you're live. Right. This is not being taped. Well, it's interesting that I think I'm different from a lot of people who have, you know, when we interview people and we bring that camera out, for some reason that camera makes people just so absolutely terror struck, right? Right. Uh, The camera doesn't bother me and really never has. You know, you can put a camera in front of me and say, okay, Kim, you know, you're going to do this live and there's a million people watching. And I'd say, okay, and I'd be fine. (laughs) I wish I had that. (laughs) You put me in front of a few hundred people or even 20 people or 30 people and I have instead of a camera on me I have You're eyes up on me that's right I that's my I still struggle with that every day yeah. And, you know, you and I were at an event a few days ago yeah. where, and by no means is that comfortable for me. Really? It may seem as such, uh, but I still, that is something that I still struggle with. And the whole time, you know, you have to get past the, to me, live people, like a live audience right. is 
is it's judgment. A, right. But it's also the adrenaline. It's the adrenaline. You so know, you have to channel that. Right. You know, whether you have fear, you know, that fear channels itself with, with adrenaline. And it also, adrenaline also is present when you are excited or happy. So you, you're going to have an adrenaline no matter what. So you have right. to kind of decide how you're going to channel that and what path you're going to take. So I have to keep that in my head and center of my heart every time right. I, I speak. Because well, I want to add val- a value. And, you know, that's a lot. Of, I talk about that a lot when I mentor and coach people is it's not about me. Right. You know, it's not. And that really helps make people less nervous when you say it's not about me. I'm here to add value. It is about my listeners. It's about my audience. Right. It's about the people that I'm sharing this story with. I want them to go home with value, with takeaways. So even talking about that right now with right. you makes me more relaxed. Yes, because, you know, here's the thing. When I saw you up there and you were speaking, I was just, I was so excited because I felt like you were just talking to me. And that's yes. the other thing. Like you yes. feel like you can relate to this person mm. and you looked at everyone in the room. You know, sometimes you have speakers that maybe just focus on the middle or, you know, they don't really, you know, you turn to the side. You made sure that you had everybody in your view. And, and I didn't really think about that. Yes, okay, you and did. I, you're right, I did. Okay. I did. I, you know what? I videotaped you. I forgot to oh, send it to you. No, I didn't no. send it. Wait, no? Some people sent me pictures, but oh, I'd love to have the video. Okay, I'm going to send you the video because I was just so impressed. Oh, with you. thank you. She's my mentor. Yeah, I saw you there with the camera. I didn't know whether you were taking stills or video, but I, I saw got you. Do you have a picture that you're going like this? Yes, that was that me. I posted that. I posted that because that was such a great moment. It was. Um, it was. And I don't know what I was talking about at that particular I time, but I thought, too. what a great moment to capture. Yes, it was right in the beginning. And, you know, and that's the one thing that I feel like a lot of people out there are so afraid of public speaking yes or you know maybe they want to get into this type of industry but they fear Mm -hmm. they fear what people are going to think i thought that about podcasting are people going to listen are they going to relate Mm -hmm. but you have that personality kim that you come across as somebody's friend you're not lecturing you're talking you're giving a message well that's my goal so i'm so pleased that it that it comes across that way absolutely and uh and in, in when I coach and, and mentor again, that's the message, right? You know that I preach. Remember, like, okay. you're gonna laugh. Remember when they used to say, "Imagine everybody naked." Naked, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I use one similar to that. So instead of instead of being naked, um, so for me, the eyes are the center of all judgment, right? right. When eyes are on you, you're yes. thinking, especially women. Women do this so much. We ruminate on this, and it's it does not serve us, and it's very difficult to rid oneself of this. But I think we think, oh my gosh, they think, what is she doing? Why is she? she up there yeah, you know who does she think she is, she is? Yes, exactly um and nobody really thinks I've never really thought that about anybody even no. even somebody who's not maybe as skilled as a, as a public speaker who right. may be a little nervous I'm championing them I'm, I'm wishing yes. them well I'm not judging them negatively and I'm certainly not wishing them any no, harm or saying who on. do you think she is uh, but I do a trick instead of m- imagine everyone naked <laughs> I tell people well don't look don't look people in the eyeballs at first when right. you're in a group of people. Look right here between your 
eyes, and I'm pointing right to your third eye. <laughs> so your third eye is um, is right between your eyeballs, right in the center of your forehead. It's I actually wear your elevens. Yeah, yeah, your elevens. Yeah. Um, thankfully, Botox fixes my elevens. Me but too. Yes. So right between your elevens, and that's your pineal gland. But um, look at people right there, and they'll never know that you're not looking at them in that's the eyes. So true. So then you're avoiding direct eye contact, eye contact, but it appears as though you are looking at people in the audience right. in the eyeballs. And then eventually you'll get going, and after a few minutes you'll be able to maybe actually look people in the eyes. But no one right. will ever know. That's even even right now I'm talking to you, and yeah. we're only, what, a foot, two, two feet yes. apart? And you would never know I'm not looking at you no, in the eyes, right? Not at all. And I'm looking at you right here. <laughs> <laughs> There's your trick. There's a little <laughs> tip and trick. <laughs> you are so cute. Well, you know, it's funny because my daughter, she's actually in musical theater. Yes. So when she's on stage, her coaches have told her, look over their heads. Yes. Okay, the whole time, just look over their heads and you'll be relaxed. Because like you said, if you make that eye contact, my biggest thing is if I'm seeing people in the audience and they're on their phone. Oh, I know. And I don't look, I feel on myself, oh my gosh, I'm not engaging or I'm not creative or they don't think I'm entertaining or anything. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? Yeah. Or worse, they're like this. Oh, I hate the, fold, know, the, the arms, the arms crossed. Yeah, we're like. <laughs> or yeah, and then the looking at the phone. Yes, looking at, looking you know. around, yawning. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> it's a tough, it's tough field to be in to be able to you know come out there and be with all these different people and know are they all listening? But like you said, you can you'll get your point across to maybe not the hundred people that are sitting in the room, mm-hmm. but even if you got your point across to fifty, or, yeah, forty, fifty, yeah, you're doing your job. You're doing what you set out to do. So let's okay. Sorry, we got we got turned. <laughs> so tell us more about what you have been doing mm-hmm. with KDKA and CBS. So I, for the longest time, and actually still, technically, I'm a freelancer. So when the kids were born, I did not want to work full time. So fortuitously, I had this wonderful relationship with KDKA where they let me work when the girls were in dance. Yeah, when you and I That's met, where we met. Yeah. Uh, I worked two three days a week for the longest time up until only a couple of years ago really? so after the pandemic is when they they offered the offer was there for for many many years but I just did not want to work full-time but I still I still only work part-time five days a week uh, anchor the four and six o'clock news that's not really part-time though well doesn't it seem like you're because yeah. you have to do all the before you get on the air Kim do you have to look at what you're going to be saying or research anything or do you have somebody doing that so there are producers and writers who produce and write the shows okay. and so we go in and, and look over our, our script. We change it, you know, so we're the final eyes on all of the scripts. Oh, that's great. And so, you know, we have producers who know and for, are familiar with our style, but we are always the last ones to go in and change things. So the, the, the last thing I do is make everything more conversational, yes. more Kim, right? And uh, so that's the last thing we do. So we do have, we do have writers, but we do, when we have our own content, like my uh, segment that I do on a positive note. Oh, yes. Tell us. Okay. Yes. I know we're going on. So she does, like, tell us the different things you do, and then we'll go, we'll talk about each one. Oh, sure. So when I was a reporter out on the streets, 
So out on the streets of Pittsburgh. Did you travel or were you just here locally? You know, we I was just on the cusp of the times you know, I listened to some of my coworkers, Ken Rice and, and yeah. Stacy Smith, and they have it they went to Rome when the Pope was so I mean, they went right. to, you know, New York and over to war torn countries overseas. Right. That doesn't happen anymore in local news. There's yeah. just not that's just not in the budget, as we say. <laughs> uh, so I've I've of course, you know, nine eleven, big stories like that, we'd we'd travel a little bit, but I've not been out of the country or really out of the tri-state area for, yeah, for things like that. So That's good, though, because yeah. you have a family and you want to stay local. Right, right. So no overnights, no things like that, but covered some big, huge stories, you know, here locally in our time. But I would always, and I still do this, you know, the stories are about, they're not about me. They're not about the reporter doing the stories. They're about the, they're about the people. Right. They're about the people of Pittsburgh. And a lot of stories are, are tragic, a lot are uplifting, but I would meet people and I would become so connected to them because I, like you, am an empath. Yeah. So when you're an empath and a reporter, I like that empath. (laughs) Yeah. When you're an empath and a reporter, you start, you make these connections and I would come back and say, oh my gosh, I met the most amazing family. I'm going to try to help them. So I would do the story, write the story, but I would stay in touch with so many people and, you know, people who lost loved ones or people who lost their home or people who um, were struggling in some way or in in a crisis. I'd pray with them like out in the field. (laughs) I'd like write checks. um, And so I, I would... No cameraman wanted to work with me because they knew <laughs> it was going to take forever. Because I would Aww. cry with them and pray, and so they'd That's be like, not "I'm not going. <laughs> Don't send me with Gable if it's a sad story because she's gonna." Uh, so I knew that I wanted to help people in some way. So that's why when I had the time and when the kids were, you know, in middle school, I started exploring ways to give back in a bigger and more meaningful way. And that's what birthed um, Inspired Women Paying It Forward. Yeah. Because I went to a meeting in the North. Now it already existed. There was one chapter seven years ago. I think Marsha Merman and I went to one in the North and they were looking for someone or a group of people to start a second chapter in the South Hill. And I'm like, sure, I'll I'll help. And wouldn't you know, I left that meeting being the the director. But it was meant to be. Right. And you're the type of person that you are going to get the Like, you are going to go full force into something. And I did. And you have the means to do it. You know, you have, you're able to talk to people. Mm. I'm sure you know some people in the area that could even help. Or, But, you know, to me, tell us about this inspired room. Because I went to one meeting, and I have to tell you, I was so impressed and felt so good. Because the money that is for the organization mm-hmm. goes for the yeah. winning charity or yeah. what would you call that? So it's so it's a giving circle. It's the concept of a giving circle. Giving circle. You know, where it's it's an organization and we're there to network as well, but we call it, you know, happy hour networking with a purpose. It's oh, fast, fun, philanthropic networking. Okay. So quarterly, uh, there's five chapters now in Pittsburgh. Oh, and wow. so I was the second, yeah. And so these nonprofit organizations come with hopes of being nominated and and we pull three of the charities from a hat, you know. Right. And those three nonprofit organizations, each director or representative from them gets five minutes to come up and tell their story. Exactly. Right. So when yeah. you were there, you heard three different organizations, and uh, the money has to be earmarked for women and girls initiatives. So we're focused on women and girls in need, not only here in Pittsburgh and Western PA, but across the globe. Oh, I didn't know that. So we have uh, one quarter is local, the next quarter is global, local, global. Okay. So our next Next quarter that's coming up, and we meet on April 18th at Bellicera. That's the South chapter. 
Okay. It's our local chapter. So these are local. put that in my schedule. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, it's usually always the third Tuesday of each quarter, of each month, uh, quarter. So it's April 18th this time for anybody. Everyone's welcome. Right. And here's my thing, too, Kim, is when I went there, I wasn't sure. I never heard of some of these charities. Right. Why so, aren't they being? So there are so many. And if you look at Western PA and Pittsburgh specifically, there are more charity organizations per capita, I believe. This is still a statistic in Pittsburgh than any other city in the in the country. So we have we have big hearts, right? We, have, we do. There are people who want to do things in very specific things. You know, cribs, yes. um, formula, foster, housing, yes. foster children. You know, there's very specific yes. things Women out there that don't have. You know, what is that success? Dress for Dress success. For success. Um, so there are organizations out there that don't have the big budgets, that don't have the the platform to be on television, right. that can't, you know, but they still want to get their message across and they still want to um, increase their funding, right? right? So we give them that platform to come. And even, you know, I don't like to say we have losers. You know, there is one big winner right. who takes home the, the money, but they everyone wins by just being able to tell their story and raise exactly. awareness. And I can tell you the connections and collaborations that come out of these five chapters are amazing. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we've purchased desks for kids in Africa who sat on dirt floors oh, for years. That's amazing. Pencils. You know, they were writing with little tiny nubs of, of lead and we shipped pencils mm-hmm. and uh, chairs. People I mean, don't people see don't this. see that. And yeah. here locally, and it's, I don't want to say it's only $6,000, but if so, we have 60 members, the checks, and we have a digital platform now, so, you know, you don't have to write a paper check, right. you just Make pay it. But the money goes directly to that organization. So, we're just a pass-through. We're just there to give them that platform. But so we have 60 members. So in one hour, that organization walks away with six grand. That's unbelievable. And they, I mean, they for them in one hour to get that, mm-hmm. I mean, imagine how long they would have had to work and fundraise right. and, ba- you know, the baskets and all of those things that, right. that we all do as women for, for our organizations and for our kids' schools and for charity. Uh, we do it in one hour. And, you know, please go out and continue to do all of those things. But there's a lot of busy women who want to give right. back in a meaningful way and want to give back in a really broad way exactly. to many different organizations. And this is just a fantastic way to do that. Hundred bucks a quarter. I mean, girl, that's our coffee. That's our manicures. Yes. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> that's not even my clothes. Yeah, right. I mean, we all. Yeah. So these are, are women who um, come together to to network and uplift each other. But the the cause and the, need, the goal yes. is to give back to women and girls in need. Right. Because I feel like sometimes I want to help everybody, and I know you're like yeah, that too. Yeah, me too. And there's so many charities out there, and you don't know which one to. But if you give a little bit to everyone, mm-hmm. you know, instead of feeling overwhelmed because you, you know, to me, I'm like, oh, every time I hear a sad news story yeah. <laughs> or oh, something, yeah, yeah. Like a fire, somebody loses everything. Cause that happened to me when I was younger, four and five, my brother and I, our house caught on fire. We lost everything. We lost pictures, you know, albums are closed, but that's the thing. Like if you can help someone mm-hmm. in need and you're bringing awareness to us and the members in the community to know, wait, guys, mm-hmm. there's there's other things out there. Right. 
that right. you can help and be a part of. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any other time when you see smiles, laughter, tears, yes. all within one hour. Yes. You know, we break out in laughter. You know, we do the net with these speed networking where everybody right. stands up and we have like 15 seconds and there's so much laughter and people <laughs> say fantastic, you know, fantastic things about their business or their cause right. or whatever. But then, you know, some of these directors who tell us about stories about their mission and their goals and, and they share with us what they're doing and the hardships that some people face. Oh. That's when the tears come. So um, it's an emotional couple of hours, but boy, are we making a difference collectively. It's collective impact. Right. It takes a team. Yeah. It takes a team to get things like this done. And you do feel so much better because you're giving to a cause that maybe, like you said, are not getting the funding. You know, it's taking mm-hmm. longer. And here you here's a check for $6,000. Yep. That's incredible. It is. It's, an, it's incredible to watch. I thank you for starting Oh, this. thank you. Yeah, there's sometimes when I think, I just can't, I can't do this anymore. But because um, it's, it takes, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. It's, but we have a great committee and... You know, we, I have kids that are off to college, and they are actually my assistant directors. <laughs> I should have mentioned that. So uh, the sneaky little way that I got them to go to college locally is right. I said, I need you to continue right. to help me exactly. with Inspired Women Paying It Forward. So Aww. one's going to Duquesne, one's going to Pitt, and they know to block off their schedules for the Tuesdays a year uh, to help me with Inspired Women. Oh, my so. God. I need to get my daughter to help me with my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has her own stuff going yeah. on. But now, so we're talking about your inspired woman. Mm-hmm. We also need to talk about this on a positive note yes. segment because did you just start this in December? Of so I actually. So I yes, okay. I did. So it actually it existed at KDKA years ago. Uh, I've never heard of it. Brenda Waters did it, and it wasn't. It was um, kind of sporadic. Okay. So now it's actually sponsored. Thank you, Highmark Mark Whole Care. Uh, it's a sponsored nice. segment. So because of that, it's on uh, uh, twice a week. It's on every Thursday, usually every Thursday and every Sunday morning. So Thursday at 7.30 in the evening and then Sunday morning. So the ironic, well, it's not ironic because it actually makes sense. Um, a lot of, <laughs> I was like, do you have to go? It's Thursday. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, a lot of, yeah, it's already done. That's what I was doing this morning before I came here, finishing my on a positive note that runs tonight. Oh, wait till you see that one. Oh my gosh. Aww. So a lot of organizations and stories that we hear at Inspired Women Paying It Forward end up being on on a positive note because I hear yes. them and I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to do a story about that. I love it. So it just, you know, and sometimes sometimes it works the opposite way. Sometimes I do a story on an organization or a cause and I'm like, you've got to come to inspire women. So it's this <laughs> wonderful sort of, um, you know, back and forth, like symbiotic relationship yes. that, and I always say, if you're my friend or if you, uh, if you have an organization or a business, you're probably going to end up on television because yeah. I need people not only for on a positive note, but for other things too. Right. You need material, so, but you, you also need, want yeah. to make a And other reporters need stuff. Right. So, um, exactly. most of my friends have been on KDK. <laughs> Capacity or other. So, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where's my yes, schedule? You'll be all that. Trust me. We're going to find a way for you to get but on to. When I was reading about this on a positive note, mm-hmm. it says you talk about unsung heroes, mm-hmm. givers, doers. Is it just mostly in the Pittsburgh area? It's local. Yes. Okay. These are yeah. These are local stories. Uh, we want to keep it Pittsburgh. Again, we want to showcase why Pittsburgh is different so than most it. other cities. Right. Right. I mean, Pittsburgh has a huge heart, and there's so many stories okay. out there. You know who's really been impressing me lately? Who? The kids. These kiddos out there. Really? Who are yes. 
spearheading uh, grassroots efforts and things that you know that you wouldn't believe is in a ten year old's heart right oh, now. Oh, you know what? You're right. And these kids are really impressing me. And I think the pandemic has a lot to do with it. But there are teenagers, there are middle schoolers, there are young college students who are really doing so much. And if they don't get a chance to tell people about it, how would they know? Right. So we give them that platform on KDK on a positive note. So we solicit, you know, I tell people, send me your ideas. We get a lot that maybe they're not worthy of a full treatment for on a positive note, right. but maybe a little blurb on TV. Exactly. So, you know, we try not to pass too many things up. But that, that's one thing. We need ideas. Right. So, you know, send me those So send me if there's those someone ideas, listening KDK. right now and they have, they know someone that yes. is like unsung hero mm-hmm. that's doing really great for the city or mm-hmm. for they, their students or whatever yes. profession they do, you would like them to contact Yes, we want to we want to showcase them. The more the better. And that's why when people say, oh, I don't watch the news. It's so, so negative. Well, then you're not watching KDKA because right. we do. And there are things out there that we have to report that are yes. tragic and unfortunate. There's the fires. There's um, a lot of political, you know, discord. There's uh, there's a lot of things out there that revolve around strife and dissent. Right. We have to bring you those stories, but we do a lot of fun, good, uplifting things every that. day. We need that. Like, yeah. when I was in college, oh, I said like. Kim just heard me say like. <laughs> but that was, I think it was the first time. Oh, so. was it? Okay, yeah, good. So. I told her I've got that like like Valley Girl. But I remember when I was in college and I was doing the news, I said to the program directors, I said, you know what? I would like to do an entertainment report. Let's talk about the movies that are out there. Let's talk about Adopt a Pet. You know, anything in the community that we can talk about. Westminster's very small. New Wilmington, you know, it's, it's very small. But I thought that would be better. So I did start that at my college, which was still going on today. And I said... When I got out of school, I actually worked at Fox 53 WB, mm-hmm. and I helped write some stories, yep. did a couple things like that, but I just didn't know what my calling was, mm. and you know, for you to know at a young age what you were meant to do, I just put everything on hold, but listening to you inspire me to just, I want my podcast to gear around these women, children, mm-hmm. men, whoever are doing, they're doers. I want to have them on my podcast. Yeah. Any yeah. way I can help and give awareness to any organization, I'm there, girl. Yeah, and when you put that out there and you put that that intention, you're stating your intention right now, right. people and organizations will come to you. And you and I meet a lot of those people when we go right. to events like we did the other day. Um, you'll meet a ton of people like that and inspired women paying it forward. So, yeah, the stories are, are out there. There's There are people who want to tell them and share those stories and connect and make a difference. You know, if you put it out there, girl, they are they are going to come. Right, they are. Yeah. What's that movie? Um, if you build it, they will come. Yes. Is it the Field of Dreams? Yes. Yes. Baseball. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I really, like a lot of times when I would listen to the news, I was, oh, my gosh, this is horrible. And I have such a, you're like me. We're so sensitive mm-hmm. to what we see, what we read. Yeah. And our heart hurts. But we have to be aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, especially, you know, the diff- different things changing. And with COVID, do you think it's changed your profession as an anchor a little bit? Or do you think that that really didn't have anything to do with it? You know, I think what we went through as an industry 
because the news had to go on. Mm-hmm. You know, we were all working from home, you know, recording things from home, using our cell phones to, you know, do stories and, and send them in. And there were only a few people in the in the studio, in the newsroom at that time. And uh, to be in an industry that we just couldn't, all right, pack things up, go home, and, yeah. you know, sit in our pajamas and, like, <laughs> you know, do, do our work right. remotely. We couldn't couldn't do that. You weren't so, used to that. Nobody was used no. to being at home this no. much. So to have to find a way to continue delivering your delivering the product right. to the viewing public was very emotional. It was it was emotional. It was a struggle. But, you know, we found a way to do it. And then watching what was happening with it. So, yeah. So, I think it made me. Yeah. I mean, I was an empath already. I was sensitive already. Right. I think it made me even more aware on a, on a more global level, I think, of we're all in this. I think I said that the other day. You know, we, everyone was like, "Well, we're all in this together. That's we're right. all we're all on the on the same we're on the same storm." Right. So we're all in the same storm. But I think we were all of us on a different ship. You know, there's people exactly who, who did say that. You yes. know, maybe they were on a luxury cruise ship because right. they lived at home and they had a big beautiful home and they you know had people vacation to help them yeah. vacation <laughs> house. And um, but there are people. And families who didn't have a, a laptop for their kid to do remote school, and and so I think it made me more aware and more willing to help, like on a on a broader, more global scale. Right, yeah. I felt that way too. Yeah. I felt you know there are people, and that's why I started the podcast. There are people coming up to me and sharing their stories with me, and I I said to them, "You're not alone. There's other people going through this, you know, because a lot of them felt isolated, mm-hmm. and the mask brought on um, the humanity, like seeing somebody's face when they're talking to you. They're smiles, it really took away from the way I was feeling. Yeah. You know, so I feel like with what you're doing, what I'm doing, we need to be together and help each other. Yes. You know, and as as much as we can do, because I want people to know if you live alone, if you feel like, you know, nobody else knows what you're going through, this is the place to talk about it Mm -hmm. because I have an open forum. I feel like if people talk about it more, you know, then there's other people. You know, with the, a lot of my podcasts were about mental health. Yes. And I feel like COVID did a little bit of mm-hmm. kind of, you know, mm-hmm. enhanced or some people. And it just, you know, if we can just get more awareness for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And we went, yeah, I, I listened to a lot of stories about people who went through some just absolutely devastating things. You know, I did, you did, right. we, you know, we all have those, those stories and it's, yeah, it's important to, uh, to share them and continue raising awareness. You know, awareness, awareness is so important. And I think one thing that it did for us was sort of break down that fear of, or that unwillingness to share. Right. Um, there is, there's a beauty and vulnerability and, you know, when we are vulnerable and when we are willing to open up and share, I think amazing things can happen for each other. I love that. Just if it's a connection. You're so right, Kim. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's so true. It, it is. And I, I'm seeing that happen more with um, more with men these days, too. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've all been through this. We all kind of like to help each other with yes. whatever we're doing in life. So I see it in families. I see it in communities. Um, I see it in these charitable organizations and, and just in individuals. So, um, you know, a conversation, somebody, a good listener can do wonders. Right. Yeah. Yes, it's so nice. Okay, so on a funny note, come on, okay. there's got to be a blooper. Did you have any bloopers? You had to have had them. Come well, on. I'll tell you about one really unfortunate one that everyone still talks about, and this was decades ago. Oh, my gosh, I probably don't know it. Yeah, this was... <laughs> so, and it's not a blooper that I created. It's a, it's a blooper that somebody... So, 
we used to go and do live shots all the time, you know, outside of Steeler games and uh, outside the Penguins. And, right. and there's it's so risky because if the crowd's letting out, you have intoxicated fans. You have people that say, put me on TV. <laughs> There's the risk of profanity. There's the risk of, you know, all kinds of things. Yeah. Who knows, right? Who knows? And I used to, and and so I wasn't even supposed to be at the uh, Penguins game, um, but our sports reporter was there doing a sports report about the Pens game. I was doing a story about something that happened downtown at the city county building, you know, some, some political story. Okay. So we were killing two birds with one stone right. and one cameraman, one camera. So they turned the camera around to face the city for me. And then it was time for sports. They turn around and our sports anchor was facing the arena. This was the old civic arena. That's how long ago it was. So the, so of course, when it's my time to go on, what you know, the game lets out. So I'm doing a very serious story, I think about something, some kind of embezzlement or something on the county level. Oh, yeah. And a guy, a drunk fan, comes oh, no. up and kisses me on the cheek, like as I'm holding my microphone. And, oh, Mike, what did you do? Yeah, I just, I didn't know what to do. I just kept talking. <laughs> and I kept talking, and I said, you know... Kim, Kim Gable, live downtown, back to you. And Sheila Highland, who is one of my dearest, dearest friends, was anchoring at the time. And she she said, way to keep your composure out there, Kim. Thanks. Yeah, you did the right thing. What are you going to do? You know? I mean, so that was probably... And, and then you think, oh, my gosh, that was so embarrassing. I can't believe... You know, yeah. um, and everyone for... I, and I did have TV done. Yeah, you never know. But I will tell you that night, a couple of female attorneys called the station and said, "That is sexual. Technically, yes. that's sexual assault. Like you can't do that. That's true. And it's all, it's taped. It's on camera. So they were true. like, if she wants help prosecuting this person or finding them, because he kissed me and ran away. Of course. Right. So, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's what probably the most. Think about that. Like who? I don't know. I guess you know, and like you said, Pittsburghers are yeah. Nice I mean, you people. have a few beers at a Penn's probably game. Probably didn't mean anything. He didn't. I'm sure yeah. there was no malice, and right. it was not. No, not nor did I think it was sexual assault I by any it. means. I can't. Imagine. But it was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine that happening. Yeah. You know, but when you're live, you have to expect the unexpected. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know. Yeah. Out in the field, certainly. And, you know, we do, there's funny little bloopers that we, that happen on set, you know, <laughs> mispronunciations, things like that, you know. That's me. Or when you don't know when you're on camera, you know, oh, hi, you know, I'm on camera. Right. Um, so things like that. But out in the field, yes, it's very, it's unpredictable. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And it's just like, oh, God, please don't let the game let out while I'm, and of course, every time. <laughs> Every time. I know. They were probably like, okay, this is our time. Because people see that light, especially at night, because I, you know, I worked four to midnight for the longest time. Right. And so that camera, that camera light attracts just, yes. <laughs> just like lights attract moths. That camera light attracts I'm a like, lot I of people. I can get behind you yeah. and say hi to Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're doing such a great oh, thank job you. with every endeavor that you thank are involved you. in, Kim. I mean, if you could give us one last line of what do you think if somebody wanted to get into journalism or even if somebody wanted to start an organization to help what would what kind of advice would you give them well i would still say and this is this is old school advice but i think it still applies today and i think a lot of people don't do it align yourself with somebody who's already doing what you want to do 
align yourself with, you know, just like we had mentor when I was an intern, you align yourself with somebody. When I looked for a mentor, I think we've lost a little bit of the ba- that um, willingness to be a mentor and willingness to be mentored. Right. That is <laughs> and I'm true. seeing that in, in the industry now where I think a lot of these young people think, oh, I'm just going to do it. No. And a, some people can. And right. God bless you if you can. I'm not one of those people. I need guidance. I'm not either. I need mentorship. I need insight. Right. I need people who have done what I want to do help me. I need to go and watch them. Right. So hands on. Like I'm a yeah. hands on person. So show me how to do it. Tell me how to do it. Help me. I still need help. I, I have a coach. I have a therapist. You know. I think align yourself with somebody who's already doing what you want to do, or the very least, watch people. Watch. Right. You know. Go on YouTube and watch people doing what you want to do. We have that ability now, but I, there's nothing like a personal relationship. Right. So the it's more you so can true. align yourself, if you want to start an organization, go to, go to a, an organizational meeting, go to um, Inspired Women Paying It right. Forward, you know, go to one of the events and, and start talking to people and say, how can I do how can I what help? you're, yeah, how can right. I do what you're doing? And that's how I had to go to several meetings in the North Hills before I was able to launch my chapter in the South, right? With Inspired Women. Right. Like, we weren't just able to, okay, here we are. It's launch day. It's a lot of work that goes A lot of work. And so I aligned myself with the director of Inspired Women, the founder of this idea, for many, many, many months before I was able to do it. Right. And then it still took many, many months to for me yeah. to do it on my own before I feel like we got it. Yes. We got it. Absolutely. Yeah. It takes a team. And you're right. We do have to look at each other and realize, you know, I think, you know, maybe in my perspective, sometimes I compare myself and I'm like, oh, I'm not as good as that person. Or I I haven't done all the things you've done. And I feel like, oh, I just need to learn so much more or Mm -hmm. give so much more to others. And, and, you know, it weighs on you sometimes. It does. It does weigh on you. You know, and the one thing that weighs on me a lot right now, and it's a little thing and it's trite, but um, like I have book shame because everybody tells me you should write a book you should write a book you should write a book and all my friends are writing books yes and I'm like I will someday just I don't have the the time I have ideas but I don't have the time or why don't you have a book why don't you have a book right yes (laughs) I'm like I don't have a book I know. I was talking to somebody and she was like, yeah, but you know, the way people are coming out and sharing their stories now, like with books and that's what I do on here. But yeah, I mean, why not? But right now, if you're so busy and all these different yeah, things that I'm you're doing. I'm doing a lot. Right. And I'll have a book then, someday. It's right. just, it's not in me right now. No. It's not. It's me in me. Either. It's just, I can't get it out of me. <laughs> I know. Me neither. I need somebody to write it for me because I, yes. I misspell. I miss, but I use the wrong word in the context. Oh, I see. I have people for that. I'll hook you, I'll hook you up with her too. I need her for my podcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you were so sweet. Thank you so much for coming on with me and sharing your story and what you're doing and how you came about with the Pittsburgh area. And I know that there's just so many other things that you're going to be doing. I there are, there are. There's, there's a book out there. There's, <laughs> there's some expansion out there with inspired women. So, right. uh, you know, we're going to be empty nesters in a couple of months, my yes. husband and I. So, um, who knows? Who knows what the <laughs> next step, the next chapter that Kim Gable from KDKA, CBS. She's a journalist, anchor. She's got it all going on, and I am so happy that you're my guest today. Oh, I, I just feel blessed to be here. And so blessed that you're my friend, too. Oh, we're friends. We're going to, yeah, we're going to do a lot together. <laughs> stay stay tuned. Just stay to tuned. Kim and Jenny. Yes. Kim and Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much Thank for you. being on Spill With Me, Jenny D. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me with Spill With Me, Jenny D. 
You can be anonymous, planning on having guest speakers, or anyone who wants to share their life experiences on the topic we covered that week. I'm going to post all that on my Facebook and website, so you will see what I'll be talking about that week. So give me a call. I can pre-record and put you on my, my episode that day. I stress this. I personally feel to heal yourself is to talk about it. And if we can help each other instead of keeping it bottled up and just release it, I think that it's going to help all of us. And let's have a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. This is still with me, Jenny D.